Hello! Welcome to Season 10, Episode 7 of Euphoria. I'm Dracos, joined by Cajal, and none other than our special guest for the day. Top laner for Vitality, and formerly many other teams across countless regions, too. There's two regions. None other than Alfari. Alfari, welcome. How you feeling, dude? I'm feeling pretty good, yeah. Not too tired since it's a little bit early, but yeah, yeah all that, right. For those who aren't, you know, there's no way you would know this, but that's the second Red Bull. This man is unleashed. Um, you're doing good. They yeah, love it. They love it when you drink the, the Red Bull. getting me pumped. Hell 11 a.m. Yeah. in the morning. To be fair, we're, we're all in a similar boat as we uh, wake up slowly. Reminder that if you are watching us on YouTube or anywhere else, you can check us out on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever. Um, we're available on all of those. Hell yeah. Before we talk about League of Legends, let's talk a little bit about the man, Alfar, Barney Morris, legendary top laner. What do you do in your, in your, in your free time? Because I think everyone in League like, gets maybe one additional hobby at that. You know, because you get like one day a week, mm -hmm. you get yeah. a you can maybe have a relationship. Maybe if you can sustain it one day a week, you can maybe like I don't know, like I'm Magic the Gathering, up, touch the grass, touch grass. Maybe you have another game you like to play on your off days. Like, what's your what's your? Well, actually, another game I used to play. I don't do this this split, but last split I was playing on like I had a virtual reality headset for the first time, and that was pretty funny. That was like the first time I was like getting into that. So I was doing that a lot in spring. Maybe that's why we suck. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, just bring your helmet to the studio. You're like, oh. <laughs> They're like, so what went wrong in that series versus G2? It just flashbacked out far in his room. Just, <laughs> just playing just Beat Saber. Guitar, yeah. So just escape from the tragedy of spring into my virtual reality headset. Now I'm just reading. Mostly would be my main hobby this split. Yeah. And walking, if you can even consider that a hobby. But I mean, that's... I mean, I it's think pushing it. I think it's respectable. I think whether or not it's a hobby doesn't really matter. It's just like if that's how you spend your free time, I think that's cool. It feels it feels zen, meditative. Is it like? Does it feel like a nice? Does it feel like you're stepping away from like the constant computer screen when you're taking you take these long walks on your yeah? Off that's days? like um, I mean, it's not even off days. It's just like a huge park behind the office mm -hmm. that we work in, and after scrims, I'm not in the best mood usually. Yeah. So I go for a walk for like an hour and then I come back. I'm like, yeah, okay. De-stress, decompress, yeah. relax, yeah. reset. Are yeah. you not in the best mood just because you've been like working all day? Or are you not in the best mood because scrims are usually like, are, are vitality scrims just really intense? Just because I'm tired usually. Mm. No, not because like I'm mad or because there's like a ton of stress at working mm -hmm. at Vitality or that I hate my teammates so that my coaches okay, and well, me are I arguing mean, like 24-7. You know, what do you do when you're taking away all my clickbait questions? You know, you're supposed to say yes because I hate them. No, it's Carsey, cool. Carsey, Carsey. Yeah, okay. It's all Carsey's fault. He actually gives me a headache every single day and there if I don't is. have my one-hour walk and uh, yoga session in the morning, then believe oh, me, I will have a mental breakdown just working with him. Um, let's uh, <laughs> let's segue in <laughs> to talking about the teams. Well, I guess we'll start by talking about Vitality's week six, since that's just too smooth of a segue to pass up. But like, talk to me about week six. We talked a little bit about it already on PGL, but maybe we can, I mean, we can still hit some of the same points again. Pretty big breakout week for Vitality in terms of like, yeah, he won the early game, transitioned pretty cleanly into mid game, and it like, was just overall an insanely clean week. Yeah, it was much better than probably the other weeks, like every other week so far this split. And I think that our early games have been pretty terrible before. Or like maybe not every game terrible, but like very inconsistent. And then this week we played XLNG2, who were two teams we lost against in the first round. 
So yeah, pretty pleased we beat them and they were actually making progress and we had like good read on the meta. We're like finding ourselves a bit more, which is really important to know yourself as a team, like what your strengths are and be realistic. And I think that's like actually the main difference between this bit and last bit is that we are, you know, well, knowing ourselves and being realistic, yeah. What do you think of the Broken Lady Rally account pick? What do you think of the pick in general? Is it Because obviously a lot of people, when they're like mechanically gifted or they're very talented on the Rally, they always have that pocket pick into NAR. Mm -hmm. um, is it something you were scared of in draft when they picked it? Were you like, top lane needs resources? No. Um, I mean, when you play against the Rally, usually the game is going to be about top lane anyway. So you, you do like communicate this because the yeah. has to play aggressive early game and you have to basically make sure that you can crash the wave when it's bouncing without getting all in and if you can do this successfully then the is like basically nullified during lane phase like he has to all in when the wave is bouncing you usually end up 2v2 or 3v3 on this wave and if Reda wins maybe he'll be a champion and if he loses or if he doesn't fight then he's gonna at best go even against Nar, and then you know you have him in a team fighting and it's not very good so you communicate that you have to play on top usually but I wasn't actually expecting him to pick a Reda Mm. Um, I mean, I know he's an Aurelia player, Broken Blade, and I thought that he would play like some weird counterpick top lane, whether that's like Yon, Jax, Kale. I wasn't 100% sure, but I figured maybe Jax would make sense after it being played a lot in China. Mm. Um, I think we took Trundle as well. Yep. So Jax also makes sense against Trundle, right? So I was expecting Jax or Kale, not Aurelia, because um, I think Aurelia, sure, is so a traditional counter for now, and it's like a little bit stressful like playing against it in lane because you have to i mean you have to be careful not to get all in and just into the kill just die yeah basically um but i mean i played this match many times and i don't think already is that strong right now yeah. so yeah i was not expecting it i thought something else but yeah i mean it was like in the same wheelhouse of you know counter picky lane oriented style that i thought broken blade would go for and um yeah it was it was okay hmm. yeah overall i mean it did seem um pretty non-threatening obviously it worked out very well for you guys early on um the other thing that i really noticed this week is that it just feels like um haru was like much more consistent in being where he needed to be now in the weeks past it's been up down there's been so some okay games you guys also experimented with belveth which just naturally means <laughs> that he's not going to do anything for the first 20 minutes of the game as we learned but I, I was curious how that relationship is developing as well and how communication is for the team um with him in the jungle position because i think most people don't really have a good grasp on how good his communication is and and how he develops in this team maybe without the same um language level um yeah i mean i think how has been steadily getting more comfortable with the team as well and i think that the a large thing is that he has like confidence to make early game plays more and more mm -hmm. and this is like a consequence of us focusing on it a lot in well you know our days of practice after like our first couple of weeks i mean i thought and i think everyone really thought on the team at least that early game was our biggest issue yeah and this came down to i think our reading on the meta but also how laners were communicating with jungle and this was also like you think about laners communicating with jungle you think about it mostly like in game mm -hmm. but this also applied to you know being in loading screen and in champ select and actually communicating your matchups and where you want uh your jungle path to like what you want your early game time to look like and this is like a very basic thing it's what like every team should be doing 
in every game, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And we were kind of neglecting this and not doing this like to a way that we should really like how was not having all the information he should have been getting um for like, the first few weeks and we put an emphasis on this and i think that it helps as well that we are kind of like playing more basic champions now compared to playing like belveth right which yeah. in a way is basic champion as well because you just afk farm but <laughs> it's not like trundle or yeah. uh like you know like poppy's pretty basic as well i would say where you just farm three camps go into enemy river and you look at which lane has lowest <laughs> health and you run to that lane and you either dive or you put a pillar and try to force a flash or you just like watch for a little bit and then walk into enemy jungle right so um i think playing pretty pretty good i think his trundle was very scary i would not want to play against that and is that a um, taunt to make teams ban it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, if I were enemy coach, I would ban Trundle after this week, maybe. It was it was terrifying. Yeah, I think it was three games of Trundle in a row uh, over the last weekend and the weekend before. Three wins. Yeah, I mean, we, so we saw it both in both of your wins this week, obviously. In the Excel game, very topside focused. And obviously, like, you... Uh, I mean, we gave him MVP last week, and then you... I mean, I'm not going to take MVP away. He was MVP last week for us, for Finn. But this week, you just, like... We were like ready. We were like Alfari versus Finn, you know, top lane Titans. And then like the first five minutes of the game was like, oh God, no, Alfari, yeah. stop. Yeah. You're ruining the narrative. <laughs> what are you doing? No. <laughs> like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Obviously just like incredibly individually dominant. And then all starts from, you know, getting a flash early on and then clean solo kill at level that was, six. That solo kill was nuts. Like uh, the way you, um, you were like level five about to level up. And as you jumped on the creep, it died midair. And then you ulted him. That was pretty clean. I was a big fan of that thank mechanical you, play. You. Did you do you feel like when you have a moment like that where you kind of just outplay someone or just like outcalculate them or whatever it felt like to you? Are you like hell yeah in the game? Like are you like yeah, I'm, I mean <laughs> getting a solo kill on an important game is a pretty good feeling. I would mm, say yeah. it's uh, pretty fun and yeah i don't know what else to say actually yeah it's, it's yeah. actually just it's actually do you just like did you them. say anything? Did you, I kept, I don't have team comp so I'm curious. Did you like pop off? Uh, no, I think. I think it was like Luca uh, was saying, "Oh, look, Top is fighting." And I was like, "Yeah, he's, he's dead." You know? <laughs> ah, yeah. yeah okay, I got you. You're, you're the you're the straight man in this. Yeah, there's so many you're top the, laners. There's the like cool um, there's a top lane in the LVP. I forget his name, but he's uh, I think he's in Mad Lions. But every time he gets like a solo kill, he like on his player cam he puts like sunglasses on or he just like dabs into the camera like top laners have different reactions to when they get solo That's, kills. I'm just waiting for the fighting game pop offs. That's all I ask for. I don't know if it's allowed. So scream at each but other. like smash the keyboard. Yeah, well, stand I'm just up down. Like, like if you solo kill him, maybe as you're recalling, you just like stand up. You know, like oh, they got that shit in Valorant. They but got you need, you need them. You need them to face each other then, because but, otherwise, if the enemy top laners on the far right, yeah, and you're on the far right, so it's very hard. I don't know what the stage can look like for Malma, but if that is an option, that's what I would ask to, of top. We, they need to face each other. But then again, in League of Legends, there could just be a jungler waiting around the corner, and then in the one second you stand <laughs> up, you die. Unlike CS and Valorant, where there's like the round ends, you yeah. could be like, "What's up yeah. now?" Or if you're trying it to defuse both, it. Yeah. <laughs> it would be worth it. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna hold you. Yeah, edge. Next, next solo kill on stage, <laughs> okay. I better see a pop off. Then full okay, stand up. Okay oh man. maybe a water bottle thrown across the stage so yeah. um so i guess let's just keep it on vitality we'll talk about the rest of the league later so how do you keep this um momentum going moving forward how do you like like what's the discussion like this week what do you guys say how do you like not get a big chip on your shoulder because i would say that you have 
when we look at the games coming up, you guys have probably one of probably the easiest schedule. It's BDS Astralis, right? BDS Astralis, SK. Your last two are Rogue and Fnatic. Now, if Fnatic shape up, that could still be a challenge. But like BDS Astralis, SK, it feels like you guys have a nice little, you know, golden road to playoffs at this exact moment in time. Yeah, right. So, I mean, when it comes to keeping momentum, I was also just thinking that, well, we're playing BDS and Astralis this way. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm probably, I sound a bit cocky, maybe I'm going to curse myself here, but um, I think just looking at the schedule, you know, you have to feel pretty confident that momentum is going to be kept. Yeah. Um, I guess having said that, the most important thing is to, like, not underestimate. <laughs> <laughs> oh my no, god he can't keep a straight face <laughs> oh my god so we need, to, we need to not underestimate them we need to you know do our due diligence in practice and uh, like not troll the, draft oh my not god. troll level one i think this is my and favorite pr answer of all time because you can barely this is fantastic the yeah no, if you kept a straight back, face it, you'll be like hmm okay respectable i mean okay realistically astralis <laughs> uh, bds if we don't like end draft or find a way to like end 2v2 or 1v1 within like five, 10 minutes of the game. I think they just can't play the game. I think they're pretty brainless um, when it comes to how they play mid game. BDS especially, they seem to like actively try to play as badly as they can mid late. So um, maybe we even in for fun for the first 10 minutes and then maybe we, maybe we still win. Maybe we lose, maybe we give BDS a win. Um, and maybe we give them momentum. Maybe they, maybe they end up going uh, like seven. I don't know. I don't even know what score they are. Maybe they win every game after that. Hmm. Good I, too. I will say for Astralis because they're sitting at six and seven right now. They're tied with Fnatic. I don't know exactly in what place. I think six or seventh. They, you talk about like brainless or, or their mid to late game sucks in general. Mm -hmm. They seem yeah. to draft a lot of scaling. Yep. Um, apart from their one game against Rogue that they won where they had like this bard that was just going around the map killing everyone. Bard they are, and, yeah. They're leaning more towards team fighty scaling. Is that something you are quote unquote not worried about? Because it seems like even when they're losing games, they're behind in the mid game a little bit. Their comp just like European teams just aren't good enough at closing the game out against them that they draft in a way where they say you have to do something or we're just going to win the game eventually. <laughs> I mean, maybe it changes a little bit now because Dragons and Herald has gone buffed on the current patch. But my main criticism of Astralis would be that they overgroup a lot mid late. Actually, they go five man and just like hope that enemy teams mm. like into their tempo. Um, this is what they did against us as well. There was even a, I fuck, they even like TP top lane on own. I remember just to, like try and really force with them. And I don't even think they had Herald. They just TP top lane just to start like one laning, and it was. Um, really bizarre and if you watch most of their games i think this is yeah like a pretty obvious pattern that they have that they just overgroup yeah mid game i think that the scariest thing about astralis is their jungle support i think that all the laners are very passive actually and they do play the scale because they're not um i mean they're, they're good players but i don't think they're like capable of really or comfortable or like shows that there's like in their preference to make aggressive plays themselves and try to actually play winning matchups and have like you know mm -hmm. that kind of style they want to have Sirxay and Jonghoon 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 uh, like on like a moment support like I think he's actually I think Jonghoon is really good mm. and some of these games he looks really really good mm -hmm. other games he also looks really in he's kind of like hit a sign um, so maybe don't give them like a really good angle to play like some bizarre support like Bard or Pike 
don't give Cirque say oh, like on. a random kill early game. Yeah, try to track him. Don't give him like the best jungle in the meta red. And um, I think this is kind of like a formula to beating Astralis. Just target their jungle support. Uh, don't die when they're overgrouping mid game. Yeah. Profit. Yeah, yeah despite that, most teams have <laughs> they have six wins for a reason, and most of those games have been teams I wouldn't either getting outfought or potentially overgrouping into them because I mean it's working. And so while I like if Astralis' yeah, goals were being the best team in the league, I'd be like, damn, shame on you, Astralis. What the hell are you doing? If their goal is only to make playoffs, it's like it seems like this is the only strategy that has worked for them this season. Now that said, it, they have not branched out much past that. We saw like one of the Chachi Camille games wasn't wasn't great. We've seen pretty much everything else. I think in their ideal world, they're getting Orn Wukong every game, and they're just like going down two K gold and team fighting their way back. Yeah, I mean, it's a. I don't want to say it's a smart strategy, but I feel like they probably had a couple scrims the first few weeks, and they were like, okay, our our lane prowess or like our individual firepower is not good. We can't win games from like early game, so let's just draft more mid to late game scaling and hope that the European teams are just not good enough at closing out games and i mean they got six wins right yeah uh, one of them was when they were like 11k down versus excel with the Jesus. some magical team fights mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. apart from their road game their road game was pretty impressive when they were playing like this severe road game was good couple things about that game one i think like giving sort of say wukong was a little bit sus also i don't know if comp has ever landed against a bard in his life this man just stood against a wall at level two he knew bard was in the bush he just gets stunned so there's just like a lot of little, like obviously that's very nitpicky. I don't mm-hmm. know the context. Maybe he's like, oh, the jungler's coming or oh, there's some communication there that's not coming down. But like they, they, and again, this is, we're going to get the rogue thing. The drafts are hella weird. They're like have a team composition with no engage. They see enemy team lock bard and they're like, we'll pick Lulu to like, I don't know, I guess win the lane by a small margin. It's like, what are you guys going to do? How are you going to start a fight ever against a bard? That yeah. like sucks. Bart's just going to alt your immobile backline and you're going to die in every single fight if you fall behind. And they did fall behind, which was, um, I don't know. I'm concerned about, I will say, Trimby's red five su- support picks. The Sejuani They've been a little sus. The Lulu was sus. The Sejuani was hella sus. Sejuani was really weird, yeah. Yeah, they, they picked Sejuani fully bare. Just blind support. Just blind. I think it was with blind. TK I can't open. remember. Tam Kench open. open. Yeah, they, they had Kalistel in and they picked Sejuani support into Tam Kench when they were playing Volibear as well. And, Everything that happened in fights is the, the Sejuani would just like QR in. Tom Kench would just eat the target yeah. and then the Sejuani would just die. Um, and then they played uh, Estriel and Mumu lane, which... Oh, to be me, fair, Trimby played really that game very well. I, but I just... I, yeah, don't, but I don't know how to feel about Ezreal. They, they were, my read on it. They were playing Estriel and Mumu Vi into Poppy. They first picked Talia over Poppy and then gave Zanzar a Poppy with like Skarner Trundle yeah. Bands on blue side. Um, and then Malarang just looked completely out of it from level four onwards. Yep. Uh, I don't know European Vi as well. I saw Gilius's Vi too. When I look at it in RNG, like when Wei's playing Vi yesterday, he is he is he is crisp. You know, the yeah. Q, when you queue in on Vi and you queue flash or something, the second it hits, you feel great because it's like yeah. the hitbox of Vi Q is actually kind of small. If you like do a small sidestep, it can miss. Yeah, but when the Vi like plays mid jungle fights to be too really well, it looks quite rewarding. But it just feels really really hard to play in things like Trundle and Poppy. So. Uh, I don't know where Vi stands for me yet. Yeah, that's a good question. Alfar, do you have any thoughts on Vi? Are you a Vi believer, Vi skeptic? Obviously, you're not a jungler, some sort of jungler. You don't understand. It's good, blah, 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 blah. But like, what's your thought, you know? You, um, have to, you have to deal with this champion on your team against your team, I assume, in scrims. I'm, I'm, I don't mind Vi, but I'm like fairly indifferent about her. I think that she's not great. I think she's just okay. Yeah. I'd rather have 
a Jarvan, an Udia, a Sajani, most other junglers, none by, to be honest, Lee Sin Sin Zhao. Like, I think there's a lot of Nocturne. There's like a ton of junglers I would rather have before eventually reaching yeah okay i can, I can just i can take a buy <laughs> i can just imagine a draft where haru's like listing junglers and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he has like a, he's got like his 10-man jungle list and uh, yeah. haru's like i can go vine he's like what about sejuani no sin no lee no all the way down until <laughs> vi is like just, green lit i'm like yeah okay sure you can look at it I, yeah. love, I love what there's thing is the way that you're describing about you're like she's fine but then when you list 20 junglers before we get to buy it sounds kind of like she's bad well it's it's my preference and at the same time, if like my team or my jungle would be like, actually, I think Vi is good. I'd be like, yeah, okay, sure. I mean, you know, you know better than me, mm. so go for it. Um, and I think this, what, this rogue game where they picked Vi, I think they were like trying to be like really smart in draft where they were like banning junglers to sort of poppy first pick and be like, ha, 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 now you have to give us Talia or give us poppy and yeah. like be banned for it. And they thought that Talia was really monster broken, which Talia is monster broken. Yeah. But... It did not look monster broken that game in Larson's hands. I think it's a really, really strong champ and Larson's a really good player. But I don't know if Talia is like the perfect champion for him. I think like Azia, yeah. Victor, you know, Ooh. scale a little <laughs> <Do> you... bit. <laughs> Ooh, I like no, it. no, there's no flame. There's no yeah, flame. He's really good at this, right? Yep. And he's fine, Talia. I'm just saying like maybe that draft was like a little bit too well, uh, like forehead. And mm. I will say, and Cajal, maybe you can answer this question for me, but also for any of the like jungle clear time enthusiasts, when we saw that game specifically, Zanzara was like two camps ahead of the Vi. And I need to rewatch that early game. And I'm just trying to understand, like I assume that when you pick Vi into Poppy, that Vi must be able to keep up with Poppy's clear speed. And there's something that I missed in the VOD, but, but like, this man was so far behind in the game so early. Poppy had walked over, taken a scuttle crab, walked in. If she hadn't smote the scuttle crab, wouldn't have been able to smite the blue as Maorang was taking blue. Mm. Like, just getting absolutely, completely, and totally outpaced in the early game. So I'm not sure if Maorang, like, screwed up the clear in some way, or if the champion is just significantly slower than Poppy. I don't think that um, Vi's clear is that slow compared to Poppy. It was rough. Um, Watch back, like, the first five minutes of that but game. What like, I have noticed is, like, in the LPL, it's really common for junglers to just do one camp and gank, like Trundle, Poppy. Level 2 ganks are really, really common. Or even just doing like buff to enemy buff with just one side lane prio is super common. And I feel like I've seen a couple of European junglers try to imitate it. Oh yeah, um, he did. He ganked. He went red yeah, straight and, bot. And it, and it looks good when it happens, but I think it was Yankos as well who was trying... Yeah, like, against us, yeah. He ganked he was, bot level 2. Yeah, he tried a level 2 gank bot, but then he tried a lot of early ganks on champs like Viego. Where I think that if it doesn't work out, you just fall so far behind. Yeah. But if it does work out, you can just play so hard that side of the map that you just win the game. Like the El Yoyo one where you get the kill, you invade his blue, you have bot push, you zone them off of <laughs> their the kill, tier one. Go back, take half your Krugs, yeah. return to bot lane, continue <laughs> diving. So like. <laughs> I feel like level two ganks right now are just so strong because if Trundle gets the kill and he has red buff, he can just walk into your jungle and 1v1 your, your jungler. Yeah. And you, you need help from your bot lane who's already just died. Yeah, it's um, I like him. I but I do feel like a bit of a flip, maybe less so with Trundle, just because Trundle Q is so damn strong for single target camps. But we'll we'll see how it develops. Um, speaking briefly on playoffs, when we talked on PGL, you're like one game at a time. Let's get there first. While Luca was like, we're gonna win the whole thing, as Luca does, bold man. Um, what it like? What it was a pretty shit end to playoffs for you guys last time. You guys were like hardcore winning against G two when you were down 0-2. I felt like, damn, this is it. Vitality, you're gonna turn it around. 
Yanko steals a Baron and like your hopes die. And like the Excel series before it was super close too. So like you talked a little bit about it earlier about what's different this season, but I would love to know like how, how do you feel about this team heading into best of fives? Are you like way more confident than you were in spring? Is there more faith? Is there more for the Vitality fans to believe in? I'm a lot more confident. Yeah. Um, I think that in... Yeah, in spring, our scrims were as well not as productive or had the same results as they do right now. I think that our scrim uh, culture and just general, like, the effort everyone is putting in is mm-hmm. really pretty pretty good, actually, yeah. this whole split. And I think that um, mid-late is much more consistent for us and that while I think there's still chaos sometimes on stage, like, I think one of the problems we have is that we over talk like we talk too much on stage and you will hear um multiple multiple people talking at the same time on stage which does not happen in scrims yeah and then you know you have to be like guys shut up like just calm down listen um so there's still like some chaos and like people's heads like go a little bit just all over the place yeah on stage but i think our mid light is much better more consistent and um yeah much much more confident when you I, I presume you review your stage games right with the team do you review it with the voice comms as well um so we review like sections of it this week that we went by when we went to zero we didn't actually review too much because well we think we played pretty fine um i bring up the like talking over each other thing because this is like actually the main point mm-hmm. that we had and this was versus G2. I remember we were sieging their bot to the game. It was already won at this point. You know, we're like 3k ahead at like 12 minutes. They have, I don't know, they have like pretty bad champions when they're behind. They have mm. what, like Aurelia, Talia. Yeah. Um, and we have tempo and then we're like, we're like asking questions to which we already know the answer about. Like, does Aurelia have TP? When we're saying already like three times, he has TP or he doesn't have TP. Uh, we're like not on the wave in time, bot lane to hit the tower when they, we should be just taking it in their face um and it's like you know a little bit just needing to reduce the excitement and maybe this is also because we were like stomping them so hard that it's like unusual to have so many options yeah. i'm not sure and it happened like a little bit in other games where i think that we like lose our head a little bit more on stage than in scrims and we just need to you know get a little bit better at this is it is it and i don't want you to like if this feels like i don't want you to call anybody out if this feels like a betrayal i don't know how comfortable people are ta- having these like having the issues out in the open is it like one or two specific voices that consistently struggle or do you feel like the whole team kind of just descends into pandemonium when you are in these situations where you in this g2 game for example where you're very far ahead uh and you don't not there's so many options that it's hard to pick just one thing um i think that i mean it can be everyone yeah. you know and also when there are like so many voices talking at the same time it's not really like you can blame one person and it's like everybody's fault even if somebody is giving useful information compared yeah. to useful information at the same time whoever is giving useful information shouldn't you probably talk while another person is talking mm-hmm. um i would say though that i guess what is like a little bit different is that when there are like a lot of voices talking it's either me or perks telling people to you know shut up and yeah. be yeah. quiet and just like let's take a breath and just like actually think about what we want to do rather than just I see 
Babel. The children in the bottom lane getting fired up. <laughs> I mean, pro- sorry, process of elimination, bro. I, mean, I think the boss Haru is just going off right now. goes a little bit crazy on stage, actually, I would say, compared to yeah. like Scrims. In Scrims, he's like, I mean, he still talks, right? But he's yeah. like very chill. And then on stage, I think he gets uh, a little bit more passionate. I mean, yeah. we all do, right? Um, but nah, I mean, it's like a team-wide issue where everyone sure. talks a little bit too much sometimes. Just, I mean, yeah, especially if you go to like Malmo as well, right? And there's, I don't know how many tens of thousands of people screaming. Bro, it's going to yeah. be a really tough task to get, like, especially, I think game one, if you're in Malmo, those things will just slowly come back because you can't hold back emotion sometimes. Whoa. And when you start shouting and then someone else starts shouting, it becomes a shouting contest. So you just get innately louder. This, yeah, and this is a thing that we talked about with, I will outshout them. With, I believe. <laughs> I, believe shout them. Yeah. I believe. Shut them. I, I believe. I, I have no doubt you can be very intimidating in the team comms. This is something we talked about with Trimby when he was first getting into Bestifies a lot. Was it? And with Odo, is that Trimby had? You know, he just wanted to like relay as much information as possible, but it was just so much that it was just noise. And it's interesting to hear how like that whole school supports Trimby and LeBron both starting in the league around the same time. How this is like it's a thing, and I can yeah. I can get it because when I get fired up and we're playing whatever game we're playing, I'm just screaming nonsense he's cracked he's cracked he's cracked you know i'm just like it's i'm just really like useless yeah we play a lot of apex right now uh, <laughs> a lot of absolutely useless information and like i have no need to evaluate myself in that context because either cage was going to clutch it or we're just going to go next but like you guys are pros so i can see how that would be a tricky thing um when it comes to that do you guys have a clear solution is there someone on your team who's like has a strategy for in-game communication because i used to a friend of mine used to coach dota and he'd specifically coach for this which would be in-game communication how to talk to each other in game how to like relay information in a very effective way in the most effective way so that people aren't doing these kind of things is this something that you guys have like a super clear strategy in terms of how you want to talk or are you just kind of figuring it out as you go i don't think we have like a very clear strategy about it we're mostly just trying to bring awareness to it because it's happened a couple times on stage Mm -hmm. this week when there's not been a ton of other issues for us to look at this was like well we should probably improve upon this for the future weeks, especially yeah. if playoffs comes up, right? We don't want to have this be like an actual issue. And versus G2, it didn't really matter. Like maybe we messed up like one play, but it still worked out good for us. And maybe it can be like a little bit better. Maybe even like save like 30 seconds, right? But it was still good for us overall. So we don't need to like stress about it too much. I think mm. it's bringing awareness to it. And then we like had like a little bit of a talk about it and we're like, well, when we are so far ahead, whoever is ahead, like you don't need to have everybody else talking then. Whoever's ahead by like two or three K, they can just lead the game and you just, you know, you can just follow them and collect the win. Um, like if in the FNATIC game where I'm playing Gangplank, then the responsibility is on me to mm-hmm. talk more than bot lane and mid lane because I'm like two, three K ahead. Yeah. So early that of course I have more options and I should be involved in fights because I am strong. And then like this G2 game, uh, Perks is ahead by like 3k on Ari. So he can also just lead the game and he can do the same thing. Like we don't need to fight without Ari. Ari knows what he's going to do. He's going to get prior on every wave. We will also have another advantage. We don't need to, you know, stress. We can just sit back if we need to, if we're like in a passenger situation mm-hmm. in the yeah. game. Um, you know, if Kasi is like fed on I don't, any, any champion, it's, sure. it applies the same, right? So um, just being aware that if someone in your team is fed, yeah. they will know how to play the game and you can just have the trust and the confidence, preferably to just like chill a little bit more. And I think just being aware about it, because it's like the first time we really talked about mm-hmm. maybe talking a little bit too much on stage. 
I think that's you know a big thing in and of itself. Yeah. Just actually being aware about it, and then we'll see how it develops in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, calling it out seems like obviously the first step to resolving anything. Maybe just sorts itself too once um any of the people who are doing it more are now aware of it but i like this is, this is what you brought up there the person who's fed making the calls this is something you talk about all the time mark and i'm curious is this like because you've both been on this team you're like we have that trust is that is that hard to build that trust like because i don't know if you've had either of you in your pro careers have had a situation where it's like okay this guy's ahead but he's like dumb as hell so we can't let him lead is this like is this is this something that's like Generally, you think most teams can be pretty confident in their, in their carries or their fed member to shot call, or is this something that's like maybe harder to get in pro play? I remember having this conversation with Expect in 2019, and he was like, in Korea, him and Mickey were like, in Korea, it's called the bus. You're the bus driver, and if I'm inting, I'm the bus passenger. So you need to drive the bus. And I was just like, oh, okay. This is how you want to describe this concept to me. Um, no, but when I was... I mean, I was not really on the highest level like you and stuff like that, right? But um, I... I my, my way of winning the game was just get Patrick ahead and uh, <laughs> let him drive the bus. Patrick will be my bus driver and I'll get in the back seat. <laughs> uh, it was a dog matter as well. Is there, I mean, I don't know if it's like trust. I guess in scrim sometimes, if like that one guy gets ahead all the time and he just like randomly insit all the time in team fights or something, then yeah. there's a problem. But then like just, you get your 80 carry ahead and he's like, no, guys. And two he's just more like eating forwards on every, on every fight and just dying. It's like, well, you just wasted 20 minutes of my game. <laughs> uh, but unless it becomes like a consistent like habit, I think it's just easy to point out and just something they have to fix as an individual. Mm. Do, you think, do you think in your experience, most people can make those decisions and lead when they're at least semi-experienced pro players that they can make the calls that are both good for them and good for the game state? Um, I would say that typically on a team, you can't have, or you're not fortunate enough to have like four or five players mm-hmm. who are capable of leading and seeing the game at that high of a level usually um so i think on this team i'm very very fortunate because i think that um both Carsey and perks are smart enough about the game and are also naturally vocal players mm-hmm. where when they have resources or when they are the bus driver that they can you know steer properly and not crash <laughs> it's, it's it's we're talking about the bus driver Get it in the it's right it. gear you just solidify you've locked it in we yeah. got how far to say it once it's the it's the only narrative we need who's driving the bus sorry go ahead. yeah so folks and cars you great bus drivers i'm very fortunate but i think most teams probably don't have that luxury mm. where um maybe you have like a i mean this is like looking at bds right they don't have any bus drivers. No, <laughs> no licenses. <laughs> Nobody's driving that bus. They get ahead and then everyone's like, no hands on the wheel. So yeah, it's the plot um, of the freestyle. movie Speed. I might be dating myself with that reference, but it's just the movie Speed. Yeah, so I, I think it. when you have like rookies, it's definitely less likely that they're going to be able to see the game or lead as well, right? And sometimes it just takes experience. I remember of like, for example, in like 2018, 2017 Misfits, I think that... Hans and I were both not the best at like leading mm-hmm. when we were ahead all the time. And we had Max Law, who yeah. was like kind of like, I mean, it was different, it was different time in yeah. 2018. It was like back in this time, you thought that, oh, well, you don't have to have everyone talking. You just have like certain short callers and, yeah, yeah. you know, you can just have like one mastermind or stuff like this. And you have like, um, like communication systems which mm-hmm. i think is too rich it doesn't really work like that yeah yeah actually you need everyone to talk and contribute and to think about the game and actively and you know participate right yeah um but yeah back then me and hans were not smart about the game we were you know just we, we were okay 
and we had hands and then we had like max law and like other people talk a little bit more yeah um and i think that's probably what most teams or maybe not most teams but like probably like half the teams in the league i would say they don't have if i would yeah. uh, assume they don't have like all players capable of leading yeah and like the thing is is i think that that probably makes sense that it's just something that takes time let's take mad for example like unforgiven is a very young player if you told me he could do this i would think that was cool if you told me he couldn't and he wasn't a player who was as confident driving the bus and someone else needed to take some of that responsibility from him when he was fed it wouldn't surprise me either because it just seems like it's one of those things that you need more likely than not a certain amount of time in pro play in a competitive environment to just pick up that knowledge because it does seem like you just need to know how to play out a professional game right as a baseline sure but also looking at mad it's curious saying that because actually they play through both really consistently mm. and maybe that's like Aloya and kaisa having a ton of experience and yeah. having one two splits and um you know having played with worlds before right mm. but i think that unforgiven has been really aggressive and like yeah looking at him you would think that actually he is talking a lot because his team is consistently playing around him and is consistently pretty good he's like willing to be confident and early pick stuff like draven callista yeah. um so yeah, i don't know if it is like him not talking because i mean that's like kind of what you assume sure. a little bit from a rookie but um at the same time it would make sense as well if he does talk a lot yeah and i think again credit like that's one of those things where we can ask mad more about that in the future weeks because the assumption my default assumption i think for any rookie pretty much would be that they're not maybe not as vocal not as comfortable leading maybe junglers would be a little bit different you know someone who has to naturally be a little bit more vocal a little bit more um participate a little bit more in the early game but something worth asking about speaking of mad we talked about this briefly on pgl best team in the league undisputed at this moment in time how far are you standing by that do you still feel like they're the clear number one <sighs> Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that honestly, every, I mean, yeah, I think Mad have looked by far the best on the stage and mm -hmm. they also just destroyed us. So it's hard for us to say anything else. Yeah. I think that Rogue, I think that like the whole middle pack, us kind of included, have been so inconsistent and have shown, yeah, just like weaknesses, which I think Mad have not. I think Mad are the best early game team. They play really good around uh, jungle support. As per usual, I think Armut's been having a good split. Niski as well, obviously. Hmm. And I mean, the whole team, Unforgiven, I mentioned him already. Like, all, all their players are playing really good. They um, have a good grasp of the meta. They play the best of the game out of all teams. And they play pretty consistent, I would say, as well. I think they trolled one game this week where they played against Rogue. Yeah. But I think that was only because... Oh, no, 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 not Rogue, but they played against XL. Mm-hmm. But they won, and I think they were just trolling because they were so far ahead. Turn into a psycho game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like suddenly, like almost like dying one with one under enemy tower when the game is won, and then finish keeping bot, and the game just turns into a, like a clown fiesta just because yeah. they're bored. I think as <laughs> as as much as like uh, Mad did, like you said, destroy you a bit. Twenty four minute game. Do you think that that was because your meta read was a bit off going into that series when they had Talia Poppy? Yeah, no, I think that our draft was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, going into the game. You know, we had like we had what we planned on one thing, right? But it just wasn't actually good in hindsight. Mm. And we had like a a strange week of practice, evidently, to arrive at the meta where we're like, yeah, you know, we'll pick control mage, we'll pick uh just weaker lanes everywhere. And we forgot about them playing Draven, I believe. Like we didn't think they would play Draven, which I don't know how we I don't know how that managed to happen, but we got surprised by their bot lane 2v2 mm. matchup. And then they have strong early game jungle that they're roaming mid lane. 
and um, yeah, they just destroyed us. I think we must have misplayed the other game as well. I mean, I died top lane randomly. Yeah, that was um, the, that was Unforgiven's one of his first very big pop off Draven games too, if I remember correctly. That yeah. was it was a rough. There was a couple moments where it looked like maybe your bot lane had to kill in the two v two, and then and they won't be two. Oh yeah, dude, yeah. The R flash, the yeah. R flash. Yeah, it was so, pretty hot. What he did, though. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It yeah. was yeah, definitely cool. But uh, woof, feel bad for your bot lane after that oof. one. Yeah, definitely a roughy. It was a roughy. Um, um, how how big do you feel like the the gap is right now between Mad and other teams? Is it is it their strength in the early game that's so far above people? Is it their, you know, is it the way that they're playing together that's so far above people? Or is it just the fact that they're doing it consistently that makes them clearly number one? I don't think that they're like that far ahead, to be honest. Mm. I feel like uh, if we would rematch them, we would have, I mean, I'd, I'd really like to think that we wouldn't get as stomped as we would. <laughs> I think that playing as mad, as long as you can have like a plan early game, mm -hmm. I think that's the most important thing to do. You need to have like a decent draft and then... I think they play really good level one and they use level one information to actually make an early game plan and they mm. like play to be proactive early game too. So you need to have a plan on level one as well against them. Whether that means like defending walls, getting uh, offensive walls yourself, um, maybe like stacking somewhere, like doing something cheesy because they will very often walk in someone level one or they will like do some like cheesy level two gank. Mm -hmm. um, I think that mid game they play, they play solid, but it's not like they just play like any other team. And I think that individually the laners are at a good level, but they're not like, like all the players are good, but they're not insane. They're not unbeatable, right? Yeah, yeah. That the, the, their strength is, I think, largely from draft level one and jungle support. Mm -hmm. And if you think about all these things, if you have like a decent plan, good read of the meta, I don't see why any team in the league um, and at the top five or six can't beat them actually. Hmm interesting i mean that's going to be something worth tracking especially as they had in the best of five as well because mad feel like the only team that mm. they haven't officially locked playoffs yet but feel like the only team that have locked locked playoffs at this point so yeah i feel like that's a really good read on mad as well like i think niski is slotting in if you look at his match history he played like four lissandra games in a row and then yeah. four talia games in a row so there's like this trifecta of mids and he played one tf i think mm -hmm. well and we're seeing them snowball games so early and so consistently that we don't often get to see those even mid games we don't get to see those um, games where like one side is losing really terribly but the other side of the map is winning for them we don't see that as much you know and that's what's interesting i mean i think armit's also been doing really well but in a lot of the games where he's really popping off maybe it's an early jungle gank from mm -hmm. yo-yo that gets him started and overall i still think it's a super solid split from him but this is the struggle we have this all the time with the number whenever there's a clear number one team in the regular season it's often hard to like identify how each of the individual pieces are going to perform when they don't have this thing um because i think that you see it in like every all-star fan vote or whatever they're like oh yes the five players on this team they're the best in every yeah, position every, every because position. when they're winning i mean players just look cracked you mm. know what i mean it's only really when they're going in these best of fives it's like really tough competition and they're pushed to show us more that we actually see some of the cracks in their game or some of the weak yeah. points one of the questions i did have is uh you attribute mad lines is like the best early game team in the league with the new patch do you think early game is even more important than it was because dragons are more powerful yeah probably yeah but i think that it's really hard to actually say for sure how um it's gonna affect the early game like how how much because we've only had well one day one day of scrims yeah. on it and it's really easy like coaches or analysts will do this and it's easy to get caught up in it when you see like changes like this it's mm -hmm. not actually like that huge 
is a big change to Dragonus, yes. But I don't think it's going to change macro, right? It's going to be like, maybe you have like a little bit more options early game with champions. But realistically, what else should change? When you're still going to want to trade Dragon for a tower, you still should probably do that rather than take a flip fight the Dragon, which you're probably going to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe see a few different options appear in draft. But at the same time, early game is already so important. And I think it's already what is like being played for by most teams in the league. Yeah. That I don't think much is going to change. I think, you know, you already see teams prioritize Javen, Lucian, Callista. Um, Jungler's already playing Poppy, Trundle. You don't get like much stronger, like mid lane matters like Talia. You see Niski playing Lissandra. They're all active mids, Ari. Mm. Um, so teams already playing for early game. Macro is not going to change where if you're strong enough to fight for Dragon, you fight. If you're not, you have to trade. Hmm. Um, so it will just be curious to see how strong the actual Dragons are. But for now, it's like too hard to really say what's going to change, yeah. I think. I think hmm. that's super fair because I think that these subtle system changes often have big ripple effects. But I think it's more likely to have me and you look at these patch notes and be like, oh, shit. Because I look at these Herald changes where you're getting 200 local gold, where the second Herald has more health, you know, when more the charges. Change is really big. Yeah, but I look at that and I'm like, oh my God, how is this going to break the game? When in reality, I think, especially for the first week, even if it is in the long run, even if 12-14, we will look back on as a massive patch. It's like unreasonable to assume that for you guys with four or five days of practice or any other team with four or five days to practice is going to like absolutely master this patch. It feels like this is another situation where we're probably going to need like combined footage across multiple leagues before we really figure out like what the actual sweeping impact of these changes are and... I don't know. I kind of hope it just means more team fights around dragons, but uh... we could see like more Swain. That's like the only pick I could see like being played more. Hmm. That is like more active, like maybe like less Azir, more yep. Swain or Galio potentially, right? But like even more active mids than just Ari Lissandra. But at the same time, like Azir is like really strong early game. Scorch got buffed. Yeah. Second win got nerfed. It would make sense as well. You can be like, well, I mean, Azir is a really strong laner. Laning is more important. Maybe Azir gets played more as well now. Mm. Maybe Victor gets played more. Yeah. We have a zero Victor meta. Oh, yes. I'm Larson, so Larson smiling. The rest of us. Uh, Control the makes everywhere. cringing. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Because it, it's really common, like in, in League, where you just you have a losing matchup and you're playing a melee champion to range. You just go Doran Shield, second wind. And then you just oh, yeah, chill like through your lane. Doran Shield, Doran's Ring. You just buy both the early. Like Gwen does it all the time, T- right? These double early game items just to get through the lane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. TV back and you're through lane. So I wonder if it does change a little bit for champs like, you know, Akali or. Akali will definitely be weaker. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think lane phase can be a bit trickier. Potions are nerfed as well. Uh, it's 129 instead of 150. So a couple of things have changed. The problem is it just takes so long for like teams to figure out the meta in a way. Like Poppy took a couple of weeks to, to figure out. Then Trundle yeah. came meta. And then Skarner looks like it's good into Poppy. But Poppy just looks so broken. And I mean, I just feel like Talia is just even more powerful now. <laughs> Because like all the all the, there's some options where you're just like you're trying to get like the Silas option early game. You're just eating damage. Yeah. You all in early game. You don't all in. You have to TP back to lane. It's just like you're doomed. Right? And also things like Akali just just touched on. It was being picked a bit in the LCK and the LPL as like a four pick R four to like flex into Gwen blind. Yeah. And then if there's a good mid matchup, they can just put it mid and pick Jacks. Otherwise, they just put it top and pick a good mid laner. So that's kind of disappeared a bit now, I guess, or it's hurt a bit. So uh, still a lot of figuring out to do on what's good and what's bad. Yeah. Twelve fourteen. Do you have any? We talked about Neela last week because we thought Neela was going to come out. Do you have any thoughts on Neela? We played any solo queue. It looks like people are just banning it in solo queue for most of what I see. I've seen maybe like one Neela 
in my whole solo queue experience, nobody plays as champion, and everybody says it's really weak. Mm. So maybe I'm being fed misinformation. Uh, when, when it came out, it was extremely strong for like a day, and then it got, then hot, it got fixed, hot fixed, right? and then it just disappeared from the face of the earth. So I don't think we'll see it this week. Yeah, I think it's again any champion like this that has you know an XP mechanic built in that has this like projectile block that is supposed to be this melee carry is going to be ludicrously OP or completely invisible in, in, in pro play that is my guess is that is often the case with these kind of champions but yeah. i'm hoping actually hoping for invisible at the start because i would love for her to have like a niche and a purpose because again i really I, hate when like she just becomes the sixth ban for every team you know i think that's so boring yeah. but if she's like really good in one matchup and she shows up like that then great then i'm happy to see the champion i just play. hope she doesn't get like a buff before worlds and all of a sudden it's like oh nila's broken on the world's patch i mean they're gonna try to like make this. her viable yeah. probably that's yeah I'm looking forward to playoffs. Me too. Um, let's talk about one team that might not make playoffs. Fnatic. Fnatic. <laughs> we get to talk about this a lot. Um, we get to keep talking about this because it does not look great, even if they did win that game versus BDS. They got the momentum back. They got the momentum <laughs> back. They broke the, the narrative. There it is. <laughs> on the you. yeah. you're, a, you're a king, dude. You got these narratives ready to go. Um, from your perspective, I don't know how much you've gotten to scrim them. I know you've probably gotten to see a decent number of their stage games. You've gotten to play against them. But like, what the hell is going on with this team? This is it. It's it's a hot mess. It's hard to pin down just one thing. But in your in your eyes, what do you think is going wrong? What's your perspective on the whole fanatic situation? So looking at it from an outsider's perspective, I think that it seems like they have started to lose. Uh, so I think actually for like large portions of the split so far, they've had either wrong read on meta or stubborn about picks mm-hmm. and play style. And this started to change a little bit, but it's still like. Not great, honestly, yeah. from the games I see. Um, one change I started to do is that Upset would actually move for Herald more often. <clears throat> but now I think sometimes it's actually moving too much for Herald. Whereas before the Silas bit, he would never move. And it was like a rule. Upset never moved for Herald. And now it's like, well, sometimes he moves, but it's just really int. Mm. Um, maybe he does that because like top side is collapsing. I'm not sure. Probably they had like, team talks about why, why are we not getting Herald. Um, but I think their meta reads were pretty bad, I think. Um, one that probably should have been playing more now on Gangplank because I mean he's good he's good now on Gangplank traditionally like two or three years ago and now he's playing Gragas which is an okay champion and he's really good on Gragas so it makes kind of sense because I think he's his best champion actually mm-hmm. um, but you still have to like find a balance between comfort and meta yeah. sometimes to like find the best like the middle ground for what is best to win so I think they I don't know I think they struggled a little bit with how they approached um picks and style going into the split and now it looks like recently that they've lost trust yeah just like watching the games um i think that they are playing uncharacteristic to the like individual players and mm-hmm. you would assume that it's because of tilt or bad team atmosphere um especially when you know you hear some things like behind the scene or knowing some of the players as yeah. I do, it's understandable that there's going to be um, friction. Kind of like, you know, wow, you know, Fatality with Alfari Selfmade. This is like kind of what I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Play, players who have that reputation for being a bit more confrontational. Yeah, but this, this is like, I think, a little bit more realistic mm-hmm. than uh, me and Selfmade, like, having fistfights. 
So who won? Out of curiosity, when you fist fought self-made, it, it seems like you won because you're still here on the roster. I mean, I'm kidding, kidding, please. Oh yeah, we chucked him out. Just yeeted him out. Uh, yeah, so I think Fnatic just like lost trust. That's what it looks like, and yeah, I, I think it looks really rough for them. Honestly, I, I think that they are actually not gonna make playoffs. Damn, but uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't think they'll make playoffs. Yeah. yeah, but just touching on something he just said there, I think he's absolutely. You're absolutely right when it comes to to meta reads, and not only Wonder. Like Wonder has played one NAR game. Yeah, when NAR, GP, and Gwen are like the three holy trinities or they were mm -hmm. on this patch maybe not so much of top lane you look at humanoid his first telia game was on the saturday against bds yeah he hasn't played lissandra either you look at like eu mid meta most of the, the quote-unquote winning teams are playing like ari lissandra telia as another like holy trifecta mm -hmm. he's only really touched ari a bit then you look at like razork who's not played a single game of poppy yet so they're like i think top side right now in the meta is just you have trundle poppy uh wukong you yeah. have like the three holy trinities in in every the top sides like s tier champs they haven't really been playing any of them um and even in the games that they do get ahead they just make so many mid to late game mistakes where they just don't look like they're on the same page at all either so yeah not only is it draft but i think gameplay wise razork feels like he's playing a, a different game to his team um i was watching inside on esports and dom had like a take on razork where he said it's very hard to play jungle and like think for yourself of what you want to do as a plan when your laners are just calling you everywhere, like pulling you around the map. Yeah. And that's what his read on Razork is. He's being pulled to like bot lane a lot. He's being pulled to mid a lot. And he's not actually doing things he wants to do. He's just doing things that he's kind of not, he has to do for yeah. his team. I mean, that's an interesting read. And obviously it's hard to say without without that insight. But you can, I mean, it is chaos, right? Like the, the start of the mad game this last week was so promising. Again, it's like fanatic, finding an advantage and punishing. Triple kill for humanoid. Triple kill for humanoid. You're like, damn, this is going to be, and then they just instantly die. Back into the enemy jungle. Back jungle, into the enemy side jungle. Run it back. Let's Four die. Yeah. You know, and that's, I don't know. I think it's concerning. I think you're, I think it feels right to me from an outside perspective, but again, we're all speaking from an outside perspective that this is probably like, this is not as simple as just a gameplay issue that it maybe it started as a meta read issue and that it's maybe become something more. And I think the thing that makes that so hard if you're a fanatic fan and you're watching this is it's like, you could have a good week of scrims and like a heart to heart where everyone vents everything out and like the trust could be back and like, bam, fanatics like ready to go. You could also just keep spiraling into oblivion and like you have no way of knowing as an outside viewer what, what, what stage fanatic are in until we watch them play on stage and then it'll become very apparent very quickly, I think. Yeah, even in their game against you guys, they were playing like Kale, Twitch, Zoe, Renata, like four range champs into like Silas, Xinzao, top lane was over. It didn't feel like they had a way to start fights in that draft, for example. I thought that draft then was actually okay. Like mm. Twitch, Kale was a combo. Mm. And it's a combo yeah. they showed. Like It was like pretty expected. We scrimmed them, right? So we, we kind of thought that, okay, if you only pick Gangplank, they're going to play uh, Kale into it. And if you only pick Zavi, I think we had Zavi that came. Yeah. Mm. If you only pick Zavi, they're going to play Twitch into it. So obviously they're going to try to get... Uh, kale twitch which can work if you weather the storm early game yeah. well and to be and even in that game where you guys were ahead i'm pretty sure there were a few team fights where upset was just like yeah flashing yeah. forward with alt up just hitting three people at the same time and like almost single-handedly winning fights I think. yeah to fanatic's credit i think that the bot line is actually still really good and maybe they don't play like 100 percent the best as i would expect them to in the early game but i think that they're still actually performing the bot lane mm -hmm. more than the other members of the team 
I think that's what uh, you said, Mark, about the jungle and mid also having like a bit of a funky read on the meta mm. is true. And one thing about Razork, um, I think that he is like an emotional player based on uh, just like watching him and I mean, talking to him like a very little bit. Mm. So uh, he's also like, he's not a rookie, right? But like all the names around him, he can't really. It's yeah, like it would be hard to argue. Up. Yeah, in the hard. context of your team, you are a rookie because exactly. you're you're like yeah, you're not a rookie. You're a veteran player, but around with all the names on your team, you're the baby. You're yeah, like you you're have the to young like one. follow what they say, right? Mm. And it's going to be hard to argue against them. Mm. Um, so then, when things start going badly, you have even less of a voice potentially. Mm. And if you're an emotional player, suddenly there's like a bad team atmosphere as well. You're still being told what to do. You don't get to have the freedom that you want to have as a jungler. Yeah. So I think about Rassalk as well. I would think that he's like a very aggressive jungler. He's like really good in solo queue or misfits. It was all about early game plays. Yeah, invading yeah. top side. Then with, uh, yeah, diving top lane, right? Now on Fnatic, it's a totally different story. It's like pick body bear, come both level three, no matter yeah. what. Yeah. And uh it's like a different player. And I don't think that's like because of him, I think it's probably just like a culmination of things, right? Yeah. Dang. I mean, it's, yeah, it's complicated. And I hope that we get to hear more from Fnatic about it. But I imagine that we'll have to wait until they either do or do not um, make playoffs. We'll see. Um, if Fnatic aren't getting that slot, let's talk a little bit about top six and some of the teams that we see there. Um, does this top six feel pretty locked to you? Like, I think Astralis making the run would be very surprising to most people. But if anyone's going to fall out, like, who are you looking at? Who is the most. Who is the least likely to hold their playoff spot? Is it as simple as just saying Misfits at this point? Yeah, I think if, I think if there's going to be a change, it would actually be Misfits for Fnatic. Um, but otherwise, I think that this top six is pretty likely. Mm. Um, it really just depends, I would say, on whether Misfits can continue the form that they showed last week. With Sanzaro. With Sanzaro, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and whether Fnatic can somehow, you know, bring it back. Like, they have five games left, right? Yep. So... It's possible. I, I think XL will stay. I think G2 will stay. G2. I think it's just Misfits or Fnatic. I still have my concerns around G2. Despite them being in fourth, if you look at their last few games, the only one that looked convincing is the Rogue game. Yeah. Um, their win against BDS was the biggest steal I've ever seen in my life where like like you said they have no clue what they're doing in mid to late game their win against Astralis was the only also... one because literally no one is driving the bus yeah no one was driving the bus bus was going sideways from the minute 25 onwards the game against Astralis like Astralis had like Oriana Wukong Jinx they were up like 3k gold they had full control of topside jungle and then they just like went way too deep walked in trying to chase I think it was broken later Yankos and then they just got flanked and all died and then G2 just came back into the game got Baron got a 6k gold lead the game was over so G2's games haven't been convincing at all their early game looks quite abysmal I have to say um, now well, it might be because of their champs they're playing right where I think Yankos has just been playing Viego every game they haven't yeah. really been playing any Poppy or Trundle that much and it's weird because when we had Yankos on coming into week five he was like early game is the thing that we have to work on and mm -hmm. then week five their early game was pretty good and now it was pretty rough again this next week. So not finding the level of consistency that I think, again, to be, and to be fair, most teams in our top six, top six have had like a good week and then a bad week, a good week and then a bad week from what we've seen. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm very skeptical about the G2 as a whole. Yeah. It doesn't feel like they 
are like solving I mean, issues and those issues are staying solved. This, this week they all played Excel and Fennec, which will give us a much better indicator than them just like beating Astralis BDS and like robbing the games off them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm sure there's a lot for them to work on. So uh, yeah, there's a couple teams I'm worried for. Fnatic, are they going to make playoffs? G2, what's their form going to be like going into playoffs? Um, and I think the most surprising thing that the community is not talking about is the fact that you guys are second place. And yeah. even I was kind of surprised when I looked at it a couple of days ago. I was like, why? But this is the problem. Place. This is the problem with best of one is you could be like fifth by like next week, you know. But right now you are second, and I think it is well earned. And all it takes is like a you know a couple good weeks back to back. But we talked about Mad Lions as as number one. Where do you see yourself right now? Are you guys number two? Are you right behind them? Um, or is it you can maybe you can do tiers if that's easier to discuss. There's Mad Lions. I mean. If we can have drafts that are like decent and if we don't lose our head mid-game, which I don't think we should, then I would say, yeah, we are top two. But this has not been like a problem that I'm extremely confident that I can say, yeah, you know, it's gone away. For all I know, we might just totally in-draft both games this week. Probably with someone against BDS, (laughs) but... um, (laughs) Let's throw that in there. (laughs) I, I think that, yeah, I I would be confident playing against, I mean every team to be honest. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. I would, I would, I'm really looking forward to playing against Mad again, mm-hmm. come playoffs hopefully. What what would you say because we talked about Mad's like strengths is like early game in jungle sport. What would you say your guys' team biggest strength is like that you identify as like yeah this is what we're always going to work for us if we just fall back to it. I think side laning is an obvious strength of ours, and I think mm. that. Um, when we have champions we're comfortable with, um, you can actually say that early game is a strength of ours compared to the first few weeks when it was pretty abysmal. I think that we have made good strides towards actually being able to be all on the same page and actually make good early game plays. Um, so if our enemy team looking at us, I'll be like, okay, maybe don't give them a strong side laner, mm. try to shut down the early game plays. Um, I think that we are still susceptible to getting attacked early game too. Um, Mad, obviously, they just destroyed us in like, the first five minutes of the game and it was really unplayable. So um, I think this comes down to draft a little bit as well, which you know we need to focus on. Um, but yeah, strengths, I would say that side learning and if we're in like, an equal spot mid late, I'd actually be pretty confident that we can beat every team. I think actually G2 um, have strong mid late when yeah. they're not like 10k behind. Yeah. I think that they're going to beat most teams. Yeah. And thinking, if I'm going to think about playoffs already, I actually think that G2 and Matt are going to be the best teams. Mm. Aside from, I mean, I'm not counting not us. Including yourself, yeah. I think that G2 and Matt are going to be the scariest opponents to face come best of fives. Mm. I expect G2 to, you know, get their shit together early game to not be automatically 5-10k behind and then actually mid-game they're going to be good because their silence have brains their jungle has a brain um, so they're like all good players just I don't know what's going on this split yeah and then Mad is like similar story interesting yeah play also be exciting because I mean you look at the league the Fnatic's at 6 wins Rogue's at 2 and you are at 8 there's like 2 wins separating 8th and 2nd place right now so yeah. with only is it 5 games left 
five games left. A lot of hype things. I mean, I think Misfits play Fnatic in week eight as well. So that could be like a deciding game. Last game on Sunday of week eight, they play Misfits at Fnatic. That could be like the deciding factor of who gets to yeah. um, make it in. You guys could even gatekeep Fnatic. You play them in week eight too. So <laughs> if, <laughs> if you beat them out, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> Just kick them Damn. out of playoffs. Yeah. Holy. Love it. Holy moly. I mean, yeah, I think I'm sad that we got you on the week right before you play the teams that aren't maybe at the top of the standings. So there's not as much stakes for you. But it also means you're probably more lighthearted on the podcast. So that's good. Normally, I'd be like, Alfari, you know, you got big games this week. They're coming they up. They are big games. They what are big mean? games. Every game counts. We're at that point in the season. BDS and Astralis. Uh, I think day one, though, is an absolute banger for the top of the table. Mm. Rogue versus Mad, G2 versus Excel. So big games for the top of the standings, deciding who can start to move up further. Potentially an opportunity for Vitality to tie Mad, depending on how Mad doing this week, or at least get past Rogue as, you know, Rogue facing Mad now. Euphoria MVP. Oh, Euphoria MVP before we close out for the week. I think... I'm between Perks, Haru, and Alfari. <laughs> really? I was thinking Mad yeah. 202, and they had a similarly difficult schedule. So I was thinking like El Yoya... Or Unforgiven had a pretty good week again too, didn't he? Everyone, mm. everyone's having good weeks. It's it's hard. Um, All right, here, here's what we'll do. We'll start with this. If there is one person who you think was the most valuable player on your team this week, who do you think it was? It is okay to include yourself. We're trusting your judgment here. And if your teammates are going to get salty about it, you can tell us and we can exclude you from deciding. Um, I'm trying to think of our first game against XL. Like what, what actually happened this game. Let me see if I can jog your memory while you're I remember I remember uh, okay, I think I I think I would I think I would give it to Haru. I think mm. he played uh pretty pretty good both they, games and I can't like find much fault with him. If I yeah. were to give like it based on, you know, both games. I think I played very good game one. I think Luca played very good game two. Mm. Yeah. Or like we were like the driving they were the bus drivers. The bus drivers. Yeah. I mean he, Luca went ten zero on Ari versus G two, right? Yeah. I mean you guys both had your own individual pop-up. It was a sick week for both of mm. you. Obviously, insane performance on day two from Luca, insane performance from you on day one. Yeah, the the XL one was where you solo killed Finn, then they swapped their bot lane top because they could play top side, health. and then you killed yeah. them. Uh, so yeah, I would game. say I would say Haru, Haru. because uh, I think that he's been underrated, mm. and I think he had pretty. I mean, from my perspective, I can't remember him making any flaws. Does yeah. So. Does really Bo good. impact Haru's gameplay over the last few weeks? Is there any feedback he gives to Haru? Or is it just like team-wide that he's just feeling more comfortable out of curiosity? I think it's just team-wide. Yeah. Uh, Bo has not been like participating much in the view. He's just been getting comfortable okay. uh, for like a few weeks at the office, playing some solo queue, just like being around the team a little bit. Mm. But um, yeah, no, like talking about jungle matchups or like jungle clear or like saying, go here, go here, go here. It's yeah. just yeah. been Haru doing his thing and getting more comfortable and us all working hard. Okay. That's sick. Oh yeah. Okay, I'm down with Haru. I think I think that Haru. I, I think Haru had a huge turnaround. These even these last two weeks, I think has been great because the start of the season was again. I like stats, but they're not very helpful when he's played a some, it, a Bell Beth for, game. They just like instantly ruins all stats entirely. I, I think Kaiser is also like a super high up candidate. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah, but he's been playing so well over almost every single week, and I think the Haru bounce back is insane. Yeah, um, and I would say that if, if Haru continues to play at this level then i i like really and obviously your bot lane is not dying as much as they were that was like the big obviously easy 
easy standout analyst point. Than I, I remember point. Kaiser was the one against Fnatic who had like this insane knock up uh, when they invaded their bot side jungle to get them back. I mean, the he's game. the guy who um, sacked Unforgiven to Rome top and made the top lane play on Rakan in the Rakan Zillion matchup, which is always good. He was smurfing. Um, yeah, he, he also had an insane lane against uh, XL in bot. Mickey went to. Okay, why are you praising the guy that we might not make MVP? Who's your MVP? Is yeah, Haru, it Kaiser Haru, 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 or Haru? I just want to give a special shout out to Kaiser. Okay, Haru, it is. Also, we have a board here. Oh, yeah, we need to know. Um, do you play with shoes on or shoes off on stage? <laughs> with shoes on. Okay. Yeah. Do you play with scrims with shoes on? Yeah, with what, shoes what on always. Why Wait. do you have this no-shoes agenda that you're trying to because push? Because I'm trying with? to figure out. It's my way of polling at the end of the split to figure out who wears what. If I'm so at you... the office or if I'm on stage, when mm -hmm. I play with shoes on because... So you scrim with shoes on and you play on stage with shoes on? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a pretty Chad move. Most people who say they play with shoes on on stage say that they play with shoes off on scrims. And I I'm mean, like, why? I can say that I've had lots of players play without shoes on mm. and I don't want to be like part of the reason other people might... Uh, be smelling my feet ah, i see and getting like so you've been on the receiving end of that yeah no i've smelled some very cheesy things in my time as a pro player <laughs> um, cheesy is an awful word there jesus <laughs> <laughs> and i don't want to inflict that upon so, anyone so just keep your shoes on yeah be Yankos, my advice to everyone yanko said i play with shoes on on stage but if i really want to win i take them off i, I mean if he plays good sure i can like put up some cheese but if you're if you're gonna int me and you're not wearing shoes like this problem <laughs> get them the f out <laughs> i respect that thank you for that insight we're tied in the shoes no shoes with yankos in the middle finn on the no shoes side alfari on the shoes side um we'll see how it develops oh no broken blade said no shoes when i was on the desk as well he said no shoes when you're on the desk yeah, so i think okay, you have well, to we'll, 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 we'll broken blade there afterwards. okay no shoes is winning currently i'm with you on the cheese thing also i feel like i can't take I, during like work from home and COVID, I would put my shoes on every day mm. to like pretend I was in office mode because it made me take shit more seriously. Mm. Like when I take my shoes off, I'm like turbo chilling. Yeah. This is a, if I'm, I'm here to work, if I've got the shoes on, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So I have one more question before we go um, about top lane, about top laners in the league, because I feel like over the last few years, fans look at LEC and they say like top lane is a weak role and you coming back to obviously help that. Um, but I was curious to know who you think are like the top laners you really respect in the league right now, whether it's coming from laning phase or from the way they play the game around the, the map or whatever it is. Because I remember you were saying things like Broken Blade uh, in Into or something like this. I mean, or PGL, I can't remember. Yeah, you said um, I respect Broken Blade. A lot mm -hmm. of respect to Broken Blade. Is there any of the top laners that fall under that category? Uh, if I were to specify top laners that I actually respect, it would be Broken Blade because I think he's the only top laner in Europe that has the both the confidence and the the level of competence required to play a lot yeah. of counter picks. Mm -hmm. So playing against him, you have to actually anticipate that he's going to try to punish you. And he's going to try to make his team play through his lane and die if you would get held. Mm. Whereas a lot of top laners, you don't have to worry about this at all. You know what to expect. You know they're not going to try to like beat you. You know they're just going to try to go even mm. at best. Um, Broken Bay would actually try to try mess, to mess you, you up. Yeah. yeah um and he's good at it as well like he's, he's actually good at it so broken blade gets a lot of respect for that which i didn't anticipate coming into this year hmm. it's my first time playing against him properly so shout out to him wonder is the only other top laner that i really respect um right now i think he's not playing too hot but i think that at his peak he is really 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 good 
And he's also kind of similar to Broken Blade, where I would trust him more than other top planners to play wackier stuff and to actually um, give him resources and let him play aggressive. I'll trust him a lot more than, you know, I don't know, Odwamne or Finn, who are not bad, right? But I'm just like comparatively. To try to punish you. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like I think Broken Blade and Wonder are the two I very much respect. Mm. After this, oh, Armut. I think Armut's been having a very good split. Mm -hmm. um he's impressed me this yeah. split compared to last split and it's also my first year playing against him um yeah he was he's improved a lot this split i think armut yeah he's talked a lot over the years about wanting to improve his laning phase and it does look like it has been steadily getting better over time. I, I think his lane has been a lot better this split and this is like noticeable for me when i scream against you know every top planner mm -hmm. before i thought armut was kind of pretty bad in lane yeah and this split he's um definitely not bad he's actually good so um i must be impressive and then as well like the whole team is playing good as well so yeah it all works into each other um so maybe you can put armut in there as well like armut won the broken blade yeah and then i don't think that eu top lane talent is weak i think you have like pretty solid other top lanes like i think old one they finn i don't know if i'm getting anybody but you know there's like decent other top lanes right mm -hmm. who um, the only other ones would be like in the top six irrelevant Chachi sure yeah, yeah so then like Odoam they Fen are like the two other ones that are like decent right mm. and if they are like in a good game maybe they play well I think they have like their own strengths they have more noticeable weaknesses and I think they have less peaks than the three I just mentioned um, so yeah I think Eothop's talent is actually pretty strong I think there's even I think Genax on SK I think he's been playing much better this split than any of the split I've seen him play. Mm. And I've seen him start to play more counter picks, mm -hmm. which I'm really happy about because in scrims, Genax was always playing these wackier counter picks and actually playing very far forward and then and playing aggressively. And then on stage, I would see a noticeable difference where he would not have the confidence to pick the more aggressive counter picks against me or against other people. Mm -hmm. And he would play a lot more passively, which was kind of sad honestly to see yeah and now he's like actually having the confidence to do it he's playing good and i'm like seeing that he's like achieving his potential a little bit more so he's unlocking I think, himself yeah exactly yeah so janix is playing better now i think he's a talented player too and i'm happy to see sk doing good as well dang dude that was so positive yeah, good question mark worth worth the extra time <laughs> yeah thank you for that i like it i like hearing you get a top lane roundup from l5 yeah. i had to be done i mean i had to there you go. I like it. I'm excited to see you go toe-to-toe -to -toe with some of those top winners in the weeks to come. Um, we'll see. This week, maybe not as big of a challenge as in other weeks, but always an opportunity for someone else to rise up and live up to their potential against Alfari and Lane. Aggressivo and Chechi this weekend. Aggressivo is um, kind of similar to Janax, I think. Actually, he's like, he's like discount Broken Blade. He'll play counter picks and he's... Mm. He's okay, but he's not as good at counter picks. But I like that he actually like goes for it, right? And I think he has he's you like the attempt. Yeah, yeah. No, if you I don't really, even try. Don't even. I much respect players who have like the balls to try and be like a driver, a uh, yeah, driver. Yeah, yeah. Try to get in the seats. Try yeah, to get their exactly. license and aggressive. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you have to respect it. I think he's you know for rookies doing good. Yeah, he's not driving a bus. He's driving like a budget four by four Ford. I think him. And maybe Limit, but Limit only just got put in are the best players on BDS as well. So okay. I think that his team is kind of not great. And if you would put like 
some veteran players in there, I could see him being a, a decent top liner. I like the way you, you say it. They're kind of not great. <laughs> hey, you got you to gotta give some soft language every yeah, once yeah, in a yeah, while. Yeah. Keep the people guessing. What does he mean by not great? It's not clear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Could be <Mysterious>. any degrees <laughs> of bad things. But no, Alfardi, thank you again so much for joining us, man. I hope for, for Vitality's sake that you guys can keep the momentum going through this week. Although based on what you've said, th- it might not be a... Um, Skill question, it might be uh, like how seriously are we taking these games question. So maybe the discipline. Good draft. Good draft. Good. Let's Fingers crossed for good discipline this week and uh, maybe looking to lock in playoffs pretty soon on the horizon as other teams fall down. But yeah, thanks again for coming. This has been episode seven of season 10 of Euphoria. This weekend on Friday, Rogue vs. Mad G2 vs. XL. Um, tune in for those ones as well as what is hopefully a Vitality Stomp week. But we'll have to see how it unfolds.